Welcome to your sanity safe space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From Hillary to Harambe, there are no limits. You can be nice. Really great talking to you. You're a cool dude, great dude. Appreciate awesome. It, man. You can be mean. You're shit. shit. <laughs> or you can blow it all up. <laughs> Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show, a delayed version of the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. And tonight, I am at my PC's mercy who uh, apparently decided to just stop working. The broadcasting software that we use decided to take a crap, and uh, I had to rebuild everything on the fly. So let me know, Blonde, if you're monitoring the chat. Nice nice sweater, by the way. I, I didn't even see that. If you're listening to this after the fact, you won't, you'll miss the blonde sweater labeling you blonde. That's very nice. <laughs> so uh, if there's anything technically weird with the show, if you're watching live on YouTube... Uh, let us know in the chat. Let Blonde know, and I can try to fix it on the fly. We might have a technically weird show tonight because, um, you know, technology is weird sometimes, and tonight's one of those nights. Let me say this. Uh, several announcements at the top of the show. If you tuned in last week or you caught the show on Sunday with Bearing and Sugar Tits, you might uh, already know, but some people don't. We're doing Christmas giveaways. There's a sign-up form in the description. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? This is – we're going to have to do this on the fly because I'm already I'm, – insanely behind i forgot to put the call-in link in the show description so we'll have to do that because <laughs> a lot of the regulars are already in the waiting room but i didn't put the link in the description for the show here so let's uh let's do this let's do that while i'm talking here but yeah we're doing christmas giveaways that's linked uh both in the youtube link um and in the podcast description if you're listening on demand ah oh, crap now i gotta open up the stream without it making any noise so let's let's try to do that <laughs> Ugh, the technological nightmare right now okay um so here's the way it works i will type it as i as i describe how it works if you're new to the show uh you can click the link in the description join the show here's the link um and uh once you're in the actual server uh there's a waiting room you'll get put into a waiting room put your name in the roll call chat that's how we know who got here first uh, and, and that way we get to everybody first come, first serve. So please be patient. We appreciate that. Uh, I'm not going to type all this in the chat. I'm just going to put, or in the description, I just put join the show in for now because pretty much everyone knows what's going on around here and, and this is a point of pure chaos. So announcements at the top, we had the Christmas giveaways. Had a good response to that. Uh, be sure to sign up for that if you want a chance. We're going to give away four. Uh, we're going to have four winners. So get a choice of T-shirt or mug, which is very exciting. The other thing I forgot to announce last week that I should have is a lot of people can't make the show live, right? They want to call in. They want to talk. They can't do the show live. It's at a certain time every week. Maybe you work. Maybe you're in school. You know, things come up. What I was speaking with a patron about this, I think a good compromise idea is we're going to do voicemails. So if you got like a question for the show, a comment for the show, and you don't want to just email it, you actually want to have a voice uploaded, unlisted to YouTube, send it to me. Send it to Blonde. We'll take the link. We'll play it on the show, and we'll discuss what it is you have to say. We'll do our first voicemail at the end of the show tonight with a listener who has a rebuttal on the carrier deal. So that'll be exciting. So that's a way to contribute to the show uh, if you can't make the show 
live. And I think I'm good on, on all my announcements. I, I don't know. My mind is just scattered right now. Hey, you pulled it together. I know. So, somehow. Somehow. Okay, well, let's go ahead and just start pulling callers in to bail me out of this. It's Jay Fry. <laughs> good. Jay Fry is uh, in here. Jay Fry, I need you to calm me down tonight because it's pure chaos. So please keep me happy and, uh, I don't know, give us your delightful sarcasm. Chime in whenever you're ready, of course, because Jay Fry is going to co-host tonight if he wants I to. Will, uh, I will do what I can. Jay Fry, are you a moderator <laughs> in the live chat? I am not. Ah, okay. We should make him because one. Because every time I ask you to turn me blue, you say, what, 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 blue, blue what? Oh, yeah, I don't know what that means or uh, how to do that, but I want you to be the moderator, a moderator yeah. or something. Do you have the power to, to promote people to moderator in the chat, Blonde? I don't think so. Uh, I'll have to do it at some point. Okay, well, let's. Uh, I've wasted enough time. I've wasted everyone's time here tonight. <laughs> let's hop into the roll call. Remember, I start the roll call 10 minutes before the show. So whoever's there with the timestamp 10 minutes before the show. Ooh, uh, Deplorable Macoptera, our, our resident. Oh, you know what? I'm going to bend the rules a little bit because you know who chimed in at 649? Our guy with the chicken biscuit. Let's get Chase in here. Chase, if you can give us a quick chicken biscuit update, we'd love to hear it. Other than that, uh, Macaptra was here first, and he, uh, I was talking to him on Twitter. He goes to Michigan State. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was Milo's stop this last week. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he's so got anything to say about that. I don't know. Uh, Chase. What's up, man? You're up, Mr. Bug Expert. I, I take offense to that. <laughs> Bugs are specifically hemiptera. All right. Yeah. Sorry. For an entomologist, you, you kind of bug me. I'm here. Okay. All oh right. Oh, my gosh. Ch okay. Can we, can we go oh, with God. the – can we get the chase update quickly uh, okay. at, the, at the top of the yeah, show Yeah, we can get back in line. Okay. So well, no, the, we'll just give us the update, it. and then if you have a question or whatever, go ahead and ask. But oh, okay. I feel so bad because I'm behind uh, tonight, well, so I feel like I need to hustle through things. Absolutely. Okay, so the the teacher, mm -hmm. she's going to be a long term sub next semester. So that that's going to be fun with me. She's going to grade my papers. So okay. I'm so glad the comments I have made are so horrible to her views. So I I think I might have screwed myself, but you know I'll figure it out. That's a bridge I got to cross when I get there. But uh, so I I saw her this week was a week of finals. So I saw her leaving today, and so I was like uh, I started naming. She was like. I was like, so when's the chicken biscuit come? She's like, uh, well, Trump technically hasn't won yet because they haven't voted him in through the Electoral oh. College. <laughs> All right, so she's playing the long game. All right. Yeah, and I was like, well, maybe the Russians can hack me a chicken biscuit. And she was just like, she walked away. <laughs> and I think the Russians hacked your screen. I think you just don't want to admit it. Uh, yeah. That's why you had technical issues. Oh, well, He's maybe right. the Russians did hack my broadcasting software. It's entirely possible. That's a good theory to go on. In fact... Since it's hearsay, I'm going to treat it as fact because that seems like the uh, <laughs> the mo smart. right now. Yeah, right. the evidence is that it's possible. The evidence is that someone smart and who someone who's an expert in the field says so. Yeah. But anyway, Chase, you got uh, any other thoughts or questions on your mind tonight? Um, the only the only real one I had was uh, how do we know? Like you know, we always I hear you and Blonde always talking about like fake news and things as such. How do you know like? that we are not the fake news. Cause I mean, I know we're not, but it, it's kind of like, I was thinking about it driving the other day and I was like, Oh my God, 
I just, I hurt my brain thinking about how do we know we're not fake news? Because, like, someone who's crazy, who knows they're crazy, isn't crazy because crazy people don't know they're crazy. <laughs> and that, was, that logic was going through my head. And I was driving at the same time. I hit a cat and I was just, I was befuzzled because of this, this thought. Befuzzled. I think that's a new yeah. word. I was, I, think, I was bamboozled. I all right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to take the cop out. I don't claim to be news. Can't oh, be fake news oh, if you're not what news. A fucking cop out. Okay, That's here's what. I, well, God. let me say this. Let me when say this. When you say you were driving, do you mean your mom was driving? <laughs> no, believe it or not, I actually. No, believe it or not, I actually am 18. I know it's oh. kind of hard to take someone's word for it on the internet, but I don't really care if you believe me or not. I believe you. Here, here's my only I take on. Too. Here's my real take on fake news. And I saw a, a friend of mine share this. A graphic guide to fake news on Facebook. And it really irritated me because it had kind of this spectrum of believability. And it was like, here's your center nonpartisan news outlets that are mostly trustworthy. And it's like you know, <laughs> CNN, NBC, ABC. And then you have your fringe left publications that you should be really skeptical of. Like, I don't know, Vox and Mike and Huffington Scat. Post. What, who said that? Oh yeah, and me, yeah. My, uh, am I a fringe left-wing publication? I don't know. And then on the right, you had uh, like Daily Caller and Breitbart and stuff. And I guess yeah, like some of them are more sensationalist than others. But at the end of the day, you gotta be critical and scrutinize any piece of individual news that comes before you. There's yeah. no, you can't. It, all all that is is a fancy ad hominem. You know, like well, if it's the right person who told me, then I know it's trustworthy. And if it's from a shady source, then I know I need to question it. No, you need to question them all. That's Every true. single yeah. one of them. But I think it's talking people... more about our general perception of yeah. the world. And the answer I have about that is like, do you know that feeling you get when you arrive at the truth and you just know it's the truth? Or like when you find out something like when you found out that Santa Claus didn't exist, you know, How you can never go back you to your house. <laughs> you just, yeah, you ruined Christmas. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Don't listen great. to her, Chase. Don't listen to her, Chase. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to uh, kill myself. Oh my God. Look at what I've done. But you know that feeling when like you've discovered the truth and you just know in your bones, like we've arrived at this worldview and this conclusion and it's kind of like, that's it. And now we, we know the truth. I mean, but as far as fake news coming through, I think that we do have to take it on a case by case basis. I always try to confirm with like two to three sources that I trust if yeah. possible. That's one thing, and that's one thing I've noticed in your videos, Blonde, is, you know, you'll have two and three sources, and if the source isn't completely accurate what you're using, you'll say it. You won't just say the source is 100% conclusive. Yeah, I try to do that, but it's mostly just to cover my ass, because I've, I've made some, like, really bad mistakes in some of my videos and going back from just confirming through two sources, and so if I'm not sure about something or like don't really remember something in my personal experience, I'll always be like, uh, kind of, I'm kind of sure about this. I think Skag's better about yeah. it than I am. Um, he actually oh, identifies ooh. as Matt, but okay. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, uh, uh, when Jay Fry's in here, I got to take any compliment I can get. So I will take that <laughs> because I know it's going to be shit talking for the rest of the night. I know, right? All right. I well, a very um, nice comment on your last, book, uh, your last video. Oh, I need to go check that out if it, if it was I a Jay Fry. It. Okay, well, yeah, I need to frame that. I'll get that framed and put on the wall behind me. All That's right, success. Chase. Well, we'll let you Thank go. You. And when your new semester starts up, we will get to the bottom of Chicken Biscuit Gate and you will <laughs> receive what is owed to you. I promise you that. Do not fret. <laughs> thanks, Chase. Have a good there night. There will be justice. All right. Thanks, Ma. All right. Let's get our uh, Michigan State update, Mr. McCoptera. Um, 
I don't know. Do I need to like give you a rundown of what happened this week? We had Milo. Well, I mean, so. whatever, whatever you want to talk about. I just, well, I should call it the Spartan update. You know, every regular caller needs to have kind of a moniker. Uh, the Spartan something. update. Yeah, okay. we'll call it the Spartan <laughs> update. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe I'm just being dumb. Tell me what's on your mind. Yeah, so there was the whole bearing thing, which I found mm-hmm. to be very interesting and um, very unfortunate considering he's just a good guy. But my question is kind of like along those lines, where do you think the boundary of freedom of expression, the First Amendment, where do you think that line is? Because I think Bering probably crossed it when he obviously made his thing, uh, at least in the United States context. I don't know how it is in Australia. But you have a lot of people who are, you know, they say, well, this is hate speech or whatever. And I don't think that's constitutionally based in the United States, but, you know. Um, so I, my question is, where do you think that line is? Do you mean specifically in the context of copyright that or just like just that or just general. generally? Well, I, like, I mean, I'm the more different I look, answers for copyright, I think. Yeah, yeah I would. Um, I'm not a fan of thieving other people's work. And mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be what was at play there. But other than that, I mean, look, man, the, the more we get exposed to this kind of stuff, the more and the more I've thought about it over the last year, especially I, I really think basically absolutism is yeah. the only answer other than obviously direct incitement to violence. We can't have yeah. child pornography. We can't have to the extent actual children are victimized. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really about it. About it. Yeah. Well, I, I think you should also probably consider liable yeah. where someone yeah. is potentially damaged by it. Yeah, yeah, but but I think, and you might be able to speak to this better than I could. My understanding is, what's necessary to demonstrate that is actually pretty difficult to right. show, right? Yeah, and I think it should be. Um, what it, what it kind of comes down to with libel is you need to be able to demonstrate that there has been damage. So it's not just like you lied about me; it's you lied about me, and because of it, I lost eight hundred dollars. So right, I need eight hundred dollars right. from you in court. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. That appealed to me with to Trump, though. That it was I think direct... that's fair. I'd, I wish I, I'd like to talk to a lawyer on this issue because is there, is there a such thing as criminal libel or slander? Or is it just purely a no, civil it's matter? It's a civil thing. I, I can't think of a criminal case which would involve it. I guess the equivalent would be lying um, under oath. Ah, yeah, of course. You have a constitutional right to perjury. (laughs) Maybe. I think that there's definitely the line in one one situation. Certainly, I think we're all uncomfortable with this kind of uh, this uh, loosely defined hate speech that you referenced earlier. This kind of mean words. You you hear people say things. You heard Leslie Jones say this, in fact. Hate speech and free speech are two different things. Okay, well, if you think you got that clearly defined, I'd like to read it. Who said that? Leslie Jones said it after the whole Milo debacle. Yeah. (laughs) They're not different things, though. Well, that's the thing. Like, I had someone, uh, he was like, uh, we have these people who are like the cultural Gestapo at our school, and they are... um, they, they call them ICAs, intercultural aides. And they're basically hired by the school to make sure that everyone's being pretty PC. Mm. And we, I was talking with one of them once and he was talking about apparently somebody, like we had someone had a whiteboard on the outside of their door 
and somebody put the n-word on it which is you know that's a terrible thing you shouldn't do that but he was oh, like so is that free speech or is that hate speech and i was like it's defacing property this isn't really a speech issue but wasn't it just um, a whiteboard i don't know if that's defacing. it, it was a whiteboard but it, it's not like he owned it or, or she owned it whoever it was who did right it. yeah but can't you just wipe it off you can't well let's say it was graffiti though i mean that'd be yeah that, that's I mean. that's the other thing like if it were if if someone were to have done that on someone's door and it wasn't whiteboard it's obviously the university's property um so there's that but i mean if it was his own whiteboard for instance that or, or her own whiteboard that she had done this on it would have been free speech like there isn't this whole the thing is about hate speech is it's not there's no constitutional basis Right. There's no legal basis for it. And if there were a legal basis, it would be on unconstitutional law. Right, right. It's all about feels. And all you have to do is ask those people, like, well, who decides what hate speech is? And then they're yeah, like, blah, 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 this blah, blah, no idea. Yeah. Well, hate speech is the reason we have a, a freedom of speech. No one really gets all pissy when you're saying something that somebody agrees with. Yeah. It's, it's about yeah. things you don't agree with. It. That's what needs to be protected. Yep. yep, I agree. Interesting. All right. Well, yep. any any other thoughts from you before we let you go? Um, nope, not really. All right, man. I'm kind of bummed for your Vikings, but the well, Lions are, they, are doing all right. So the Lions are going to win the division. I'm not going to talk football because <laughs> Blonde is going to roll her eyes and get out of here. But uh, but yeah, man, this is this is the year for your the the roar has been restored. That's what they say. The roar has been dis- restored for those Motor City Kitties. Yep. They are back, but they're they're one and done in the playoffs. Don't worry, they will disappoint. Don't, in a no, few no, weeks. no, no. Lions in the Super Bowl. It'll be Lions. Okay. Versus, um, who should I pick for the other ones? Right. Versus the Oakland Raiders. All right. And the Dallas Cowboys are going to win. Wait, what? All right. It'll be, it'll be Lions v Raiders, and Cowboys will win. Gotcha. Okay. We'll go with that. All right. We'll have a good okay. night, man. We'll hear from you, you soon. Well. I hope. Yeah. Okay, next up is going to be Steph Keith. Steph Keith, you're good to chime in whenever you're ready. What's up, Steph? Hello. What's going on? Well, I've been debating what topic to talk about today. Okay. You see, um, I could go technology, but I feel like you have a little bit of PTSD tonight from technology. <laughs> or I, I could wouldn't... go depressing stuff about my life. <laughs> it's your call. This is entirely your decision. Uh, I'll, I'll save depressing stuff for next time. Okay. Um, so Trump had his uh, technology summit with all the the big, uh, important technological people of Silicon Valley. All the racist um, ones. Well, he had Bill Gates. He had uh, yeah, known racist. The okay, CEO, <laughs> the CEO of Apple. I think he had Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, what I found interesting, though, is that when, first of all, it hasn't been really reported for, uh, about because uh, Bill Gates was the first person to make a comment about it, I think. And he said that uh, from what he gathered, Trump is the next JFK. And uh, then what does nobody that mean? talked you about You could interpret anymore. that in a few different ways. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I interpret that, that morbidly, that, yeah, to be so honest. So he's going to get chronic gonorrhea also? Is that? Oh, well, that's another way. Yeah. I mean, he's probably got that part of JFK a little bit too. Sorry, <laughs> about I mean, yeah, he he yeah. he is self-declared. Uh, I don't I don't know if womanizer, but he has. 
declared that he he likes women. He has declared that. <laughs> he declared it uh, very uniquely on a bus with Billy Bush. Confess yeah. it all. No, um, well, the article, like the two articles I read before uh, everybody went hush hush about it in the networks and websites. Um, basically, Bill Gates said he's like, he's he's gonna push for technology like JFK did, i.e., like space. But like, ah, okay. Uh, that that was his message that Trump is pro growth and like growth involves technology. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys. Have... I, just, I just don't know too much about it. I did see mention on the news a little bit. I saw Bill Gates at Trump Tower, but I don't really know. I mean, here's the thing: when you talk about things like energy and Rick Perry and some other things that are that tend to be a little more heavily regulated, I could understand what they mean by like we're all about innovation and opening this up. When they say it in the context of tech, I'm not really sure what they mean because and someone who's an expert might be able to counter me on this. I don't consider tech to be like a heavily regulated place where innovation is stifled. But maybe I'm wrong in that. I'm not an industry expert, certainly. I mean, what do you, what do, you do to like encourage tech innovation? I, I don't really know. I mean, they're, they seem like they got a handle on it already. Other than stop, like stop being SJWs way. and censoring people and all that crap. Yeah, but like the only government way, which government isn't always the solution, is is NASA. That's like the only way to encourage tech. Just pour more money into NASA. Hmm. Well, I've always wanted intellectual refuge on Mars. That is my hope for NASA. <laughs> I have really... contemplated when uh, Elon – oh, Elon was there. Elon Musk uh, built his um, NASA colony to uh, go live on Mars. I yeah, have been good. thinking about it. Good, but we need to build a very restrictive society. Yeah. You know, we need well, to uh, – Trump talks about extreme vetting with our immigrants. We need to build an extremely vetted Mars society where none of this SJW crap can get in anymore. No, IQs well, of over 130 only. <laughs> I don't think I'm well, getting in if that's the standard, but I don't know. With regards to NASA, when uh, the Wright brothers were building their planes, the government was building planes too. Hmm. And they happened to be far more successful than, than the government in the plane building arena. And there, there is serious restriction on, on space travel and any type of even building of fuels that, that, that could uh, propagate motion at a ah. hypersonic level. Well, okay. it's not, so, not necessarily restriction on fuels. Well, uh, there is some stuff that it's like, well, okay, if you use this, you'll, na you'll basically make like the area uninhabitable, but um, gen like uh, for example, uh, solid rocket boosters. They're like, how how do I explain this logically? Hashtag train of thought. Um, basically, Congress when it sets out like the budget for NASA, they can say you have to use like solid rocket boosters or you have to use uh, gas propellant X or whatever. Basically, Congress tells them you have to use this technology. So that's what uh, stops uh, some technological growth. It's not necessarily restrictions on using the technology. It's more, uh, it's called by law, they have to use a certain thing because some government lobbied some congressmen into uh, making it law that they have to use X fuel. Exactly, and that's where the restrictions come from. But but the, the open market could have a wide variety uh, of different applications and trials that could 
sustain different outcomes that NASA isn't working with, but because there are restrictions on uh, the open market from allowing certain ventures, uh, they they're not allowed to take place outside of NASA, which is strictly government funded. Well, the counter argument to that would be SpaceX, which is Elon Musk uh, saying, uh, I'm going to do my own thing and make spaceships. Some of which can't be tested and others which just blew up. I mean, he has been successful and it like, there's a reason why rockets, the term, it's uh, not rocket science is used because rocket science is hard. Yeah, and so it's brain surgery, but apparently we can't I get don't a guy know what they're talking about anymore. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> to include... Both the hosts are like, what? what? <laughs> you, you done stumped us, dude. You've gone too far. Uh, okay. But if you can, if you can summarize your thoughts or, or you know... Um, I'm going to turn back around and, and then go away for the next person. Alrighty. Uh, Kanye went to visit Trump. What I are did see that. Kanye. Yeah. Thank you for dumbing it down to my level. This I can I talk know. about. I know. We're like, we know all about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on Kanye? Because I find it interesting that everyone, the, the ultra regressive uh, among the black community are saying, oh, Kanye was never black and Kanye doesn't care about black people and Kanye wants white validation and Kanye sees success through the lens of whiteness. That was the quote I heard today. The okay, lens I will say of this. Whiteness. If whiteness is so bad, why does the like Black Lives Matter and all the black advocacy groups always say that uh, whites have, have it better off than blacks? Why is it so bad to act white if whites have it better off than blacks. Oh, yeah. Be you can't say that, though. <laughs> Probably because, I don't know. Well, yeah, we're going into dark territory here. But did you have a, a Kanye take? Um, well, the consp I've seen the conspiracy theory going around. Because when he came out in his concert saying, I would have voted Trump, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, his he wife did vote threw him in the, in the loony bin for like a week. And yeah. then he came out. So yeah, the conspiracy yeah. theory is going around. He he said did he actually he go to rehab to or something. No, he got fifty one fifty. He like really, yeah. he really did. I like how Kanye can be fucking crazy for like a decade, and then he's like, uh, I would have voted for Trump, and everyone's like, we have to institutionalize this guy. Like, yeah. What about all that shit that he did when he was a uh, not conservative? I think he's just a Trump <laughs> a Trump guy. No, so the conspiracy theory is that uh, he said what he had to say to get out of the loony bin, and now he he is. Uh, come to Trump for uh, for help of uh, not going back to the loony bin. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, and then he said hashtag 2024. So not only does Kanye believe Trump is going to get a second term, but Kanye <laughs> is saying he's going to run to be Trump's successor. That'll be great. <laughs> you know what? That would be a very entertaining. It would be it, more entertaining than the last election. And it'll be keep America great still. That will be the slogan. Keep America great still. <laughs> Kanye 2024. Oh, I like Shout it. out to my, like my friend Holy Bijou on that line. But anyway, we'll let you go, okay. uh, Steph. Thanks for calling Bye. in. Let's yeah. see. We got uh, Booker. If Booker's still in, but I don't see Booker. Booker must have taken off. Justin, if Justin's still in. I had to ban so many people from the live chat. Jesus. Oh, is it just getting crazy? Uh, well, there's this um, shill account for Edgy Sphinx, and he just yeah, gets in all my live that? chats. I don't oh, know. That person's weird with you. We've had some people drop out here, so I'll have to move through. It's Steven's bizarre. here. Steven, you're up. Uh, if you got some thoughts to share, 
regular, Good Mr. Morning. Steven Suarez. Hi, guys. Um, my boyfriend wanted to say something real quick. Sure. Matt, what's up? Hey, what's hey, going on? Matt. But oh, yeah, you're hey, both Matt. Yes. Or we're both Matt's. I should say. <laughs> you confused me for a second. I know. I got so confused. So, so how are y'all doing? I finally got to talk to y'all. Uh, it's been chaos tonight, but we're you know we're pulling through. So apparently, y'all have seen the picture of me watching y'all's video while Scrubs walking I did. and Scrubs cooking. I did what? see that, Blonde. Did you see that? It, Steven was sent it on me, Twitter? He sent me a picture. I don't know if it was sent to you, but it was Mr. Matt here cooking dinner, it looked like, and he had one of my videos on an iPad watching it while cooking. <laughs> I thought that was very cool. That's great. Yeah. And Jay Fry had the coat hangers no, suggestion. No, it's not. <laughs> a pan hanger, yeah. Right, right. Get it off the mat. Yeah, you got to hang it up. Get it off yeah. the, the, the countertop. Yeah. yeah. Don't get uh, spaghetti sauce on your iPad that way. Hang it up. <laughs> So anyway, I'll let you go, but uh, before I go, nice to talk to y'all, and Blonde, when I see y'all, uh, uh, even though I'm gay, I would tap that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Excellent. All right. And and, um, and Stephen right. just sent me some artwork, too, so we got some artwork to show on Sunday's show from Stephen. Stephen did some fan art for both of you, although I don't know if you've seen Stephen's work of you. I'll share it later. It's kind of a Buffy the Vampire I Slayer. Blonde. I was not expecting that from my boyfriend. <laughs> That's funny. Well, now you got competition. I like it. You could do a little I'm, role I'm playing. Turn hey, some listen. Gays today. All I right. got you. I got you, Stephen. I got that wig still in my closet. I'll mail it to you. <laughs> you can pretend to be blonde. You guys can really mix it up. This will be great. This got weird so fast. <laughs> Just so fast. Yeah. Oh, that's a compliment, I guess. <laughs> Oh shoot! Uh, I was gonna try to give y'all a give y'all a thing to talk about. Um, okay. Whether it be my time with Milo, um, the pros and cons to multiculturalism. There that are pros. Attractive... I want Blonde to address the pros of multiculturalism. <laughs> uh, food culture. End of list. Okay. Is that all? Um, I don't know. I mean, there are good things from every culture. Uh, I can. I can think of a few things like, um, well, not just cuisine, but what about fashion and architecture? Yeah, although I do like cities that I'm in to be architecturally homogenous. I think it creates a feeling of unity within within cities. And that's a problem I have in Seattle. It's like these horrible modular buildings next to like these adorable craftsmen home. I'm like, consistency. Come on, people. So I'll disagree hmm. with you on that. But if I don't have like an ethnically diverse cuisine in my city I'm, I'm very unhappy so i gotta say food culture is pretty important to me ah um and the well i guess the cons is all we hear about um especially with um well i think i think the biggest complaint though is unassimilation though right yeah that's the problem i have um i posted this picture on twitter the other day i saw these two women in Cobbs at like the QFC the other day and they were with their little son who was it like wearing Nikes and like a puffer jacket like every other American kid like good god they're gonna have a daughter she's gonna be shrouded and then the boy's gonna be able to wear whatever he wants I'm like why don't you people just assimilate if you're gonna move to America why do you want to bring everything about your culture including you know the oppression factor to the United States why I guess that at that point, maybe I don't know. I'm, am I going to try to go to bat for this here? Do, 
Is that what I'm going to do? No, you know what? I'm not going to do, do it. Do it. Come on. Come no. on. Do it, Matt. Come I mean, on. I guess the only explanation I can think of is they don't view it as oppression. They view it as a, as a choice that they make, to, a part of their religious tradition. I don't get it, <laughs> but I'm trying to understand why they would do it. I, but would you ever go to another country that had like a distinct culture and like shamelessly bring your own culture there? I, I just can't well, see myself the, I mean, doing would that. I, would I go to an Islamic culture and still act American and be like, your culture sucks probably. But then I'd be like, I don't want to live here. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just this came over crap. here to tell you that your culture sucks. See ya. <laughs> yeah. See ya. <laughs> Talk to you later. I, w I definitely wouldn't stay there. Um, so yeah, I mean, the question I think is valid that you're asking. If you're Well, when I posted that on Twitter, people kind of freaked out. And then I got a message from somebody that was like, well, you can't wear a bikini in Saudi Arabia. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not fucking in Saudi Arabia wearing a bikini because why would I do that? Why? Yeah. It's about mm -hmm. moving to another country and accepting that that is now your culture if that is, you know, where you live permanently. Well, I mean, here, uh, here, here's maybe another counterexample. Maybe they, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they are actual war zone refugees who, I mean, this was their choice between go somewhere else or face fatal danger every day. I mean, that's a, that's but realistically, a situation where the choice is fuzzier of, of Muslims in the United States. Do you think are actually, no, and I agree. And I mean, if I, if I had examples here to sit you and be like, look at all these wonderful cases of Islamic integration, look at where they're flourishing. I forgot. What was it like? I think during that debate I had, there's like a business in Egypt where a Syrian refugee is doing really well. Yeah. There's like a few <laughs> examples, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, clearly this is not a case of like, just take people from Islamic culture and install them in places. And all of a sudden everything's happy and integrated and everyone loves freedom and gets along. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Period. But so. then there are things from other cultures that we need, uh, like elements of patriarchy, like, in Indian culture, uh, there's basically no divorce because of social pressures. And I think that our society could like, you know, really use some of that <laughs> right now. So there are things that we could draw from other cultures, but that's not really how it goes with multiculturalism. People just tend to absorb kind of the bad stuff. Yeah. The only thing One I of my... Go ahead, Jay Fry. The only thing I learned in multiculturalism is that at the end of the day, a, a minority wants to go back to a minority neighborhood and be around their, their own kind of people. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I, I would never call like a black person that wanted to be around black people racist. People have in-group preferences. But um, that's like saying that white people don't want the same thing to be around their own kind at the end of the day. It, yeah, I want to be around I, the culture I grew up in because I'm comfortable in my own culture. Right. right. It's, it's, it's across the board. Everybody feels that way. Why does it need to be pointed out that it's for that particular group? Everybody wants that. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. There was uh, one of my high school friends had a teacher from Greece and I liked her teaching style. She uh, believed in no homework whatsoever because all that did was just get the parents to get involved and the kids weren't really learning anything. Yeah, that might be true. That's no just, homework that's just though. what I heard. <laughs> that's just what I heard. Um, unfortunately, around here, we don't, well, where my boyfriend and I live, we don't see very many uh, Arabs. Most, mostly, it's, it's like we're living in Little Mexico. There's even a town. I, we might even live in this town. The locals have dubbed it Taco Town. <laughs> wow, that's racist. <laughs> 
well, back whenever I was in high school, they didn't, um, I didn't know it was racist. It's just what everybody <laughs> called it. And I said it out loud very naively. And, and some people would say that. And I'm like, what? Everybody else says it. Well, do they have the best tacos? Because if they do, then I think we can all call it Taco Town um, unabashedly. Well, yeah. well, going back to the diversity of cuisine, whenever there's a bunch of Hispanics or in this case Mexicans in one area there's not really much of a diversity all you get everywhere is Mexican food everywhere yeah but legit Mexican food's pretty good yeah we, it's hard uh, to beat yeah. and it's not common here you know I, I miss we have some food trucks and stuff when I was yeah. uh, in college in Portland the food trucks were prime and I wish, yeah. uh, wish it's we could the get only some more thing of that I miss here. about Los Angeles the Mexican food that, that's, that's the it. one unfortunate thing about the Hillary defeat is there aren't taco trucks on every corner. That was the one thing we had to look forward to with the Hillary election. It didn't it happen. Was. Fair trade, I guess. Fair trade. <laughs> I'll take what we got. But anyway, uh, we'll probably have to let you go, Stephen, but thank you for calling in. Consider uh, consider my suggestion. DM me if you want to get your hands on that wig. Give your guy Matt a fun time. <laughs> and uh, uh. We'll, we'll speak with you soon. Definitely. And thanks for the artwork, too. We'll definitely um, show the artwork on uh, Sunday's show. All right. Bye. Thanks, man. Bye. Okay. Let's see. Uh, now I'm lost. Who did I just Justin's call? Justin's back in. Uh, oh, Justin's back in? Yeah, let's get Justin in. Justin, you're good to go if you can chime in. Oh, you got to mute your stream, Justin. Oh, my bad. There you go. There you go. Uh, there oh, we are. Almost. There you go. Sweet. There. Yeah, just managing things is a little difficult sometimes. Tell me about it. It's been that kind of <laughs> night. Yeah. So, how have you guys been doing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> doing all right. Can't complain. I just had a mini bit of chaos before the show tonight but other than that all good i'm pretty good the doctor said it was just a rash <laughs> uh, thank you jay fry <laughs> good we want jay we want our jay fry to be healthy for years to come so i'm glad there's a clean bill of health <laughs> yeah uh, anything on your mind um not particularly. I was just, I was thinking about a couple of things that I was wondering if it'd be appropriate to share or not. No, well, are now you, I'm are, intrigued. Are you talking like personal stuff or what do you mean by appropriate? Um, not necessarily personal, but, um, just, uh, things that were going on in my, like, uh, the politics of my, like, uh, hometown. Ah, uh, well, I'm I'm happy to hear it if unless you think there's risk in getting. I mean, small town stuff can be kind of personal sometimes if it's really small town, but uh, it's not that small. Um, so basically, what happened was, um, over the summer, um, me and my dad and my neighbor became delegates for our, um, our district, and we went to our state convention for Virginia. Okay. For which and, party? Um, Republican. Uh-huh. And like last month, um my neighbor got uh, arrested for um 
having a child por- pornography on his computer. Ooh. And I was just like, I was just in a bit of a daze, and I just so like, kind just of to be clear, this was a fellow del. You guys were both delegates, this guy and you, so you know him well, I guess. Yeah, and we carpooled together, and he's my next door neighbor back home. Oh yikes! And were they s- like little kids? What kind of porn are we talking here? I have no clue, but like the he was like brought up on at least like three or four charges of it. Ugh, that's not good. So it's probably going away for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And the other the other thing I thought was like he was also um like of the Mormon faith, so Ah and, uh, Yeah. Interesting. And that just kinda made me like um remember the whole thing in like Nevada where they had like uh they declared like pornography like an epidemic there. I'm like, maybe Mormons actually do have a legitimate problem with this or something. I don't know if that's with like pedophilia. Truly- I mean, there's definitely a culture of pedophilia in Mormonism. As people yeah. with plural marriages often take uh, like their current wives, youngest yeah, sisters, younger, and yeah, and brides. yeah. And so I know like Warren Jeffs. That's his name, right? Warren Jeffs. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who the reference that, that is. That big Mormon. The uh, um, he had like why like. 50 wives ranging from like age 11 to age 40. I mean, it's crazy. They do have a culture of pedophilia and FLDS. And his um, wife was on like the school board. So now like the whole entire like town's like saying she needs to step down because he like she might she would like occasionally like bring her husband to like a school event for something. No, I think, I mean, I had a similar, sort of a similar situation uh, when I was in high school. One of my favorite teachers, her son got caught with a bunch of the same stuff on her phone. Like, and allegedly this was like not just child pornography, but pictures he had taken of children handling parts of him. So, Ooh. I mean, ar- arguably worse, a step worse. And, yeah. and it sucked because... I don't, she wasn't forced out, I don't think, but she did leave her teaching position. I really never talked to her again. And I think it was just out of shame, embarrassment, need to change scenery, all that kind of thing. It just sucks. And I, I would never have said that she should have, she should have to go on the kind of her, on account of her son's actions, but I can understand why someone would want to remove themselves from that situation and just start with a fresh scene. So I would hope that she's not forced away. Does but, the neighbor have any kids? Uh, not that I, he, he was, uh, like 69, so not in the house at least, hmm. but I'm not sure if he's like ever had any kids. It's probably likely that he's had at least a few. Good God. <clears throat> well, there's, there's the evil pedophile and then there's the grandson who uploaded his phone's photos to the, the, the cloud. And yeah. he's taking pictures of his girlfriend, and he and his girlfriend are underage. Yeah. Because three is a small number, and it's odd because you get it child porn, you get it both coming and going. You have the the child porn itself, which is on your computer. Each photo itself is a felony of ten mm-hmm. years, and then if you send it, it's additional charges, and receiving gets additional charges. So for three, that sounds like it was pictures taken 
um, a first hand to, ah. to not get the, the, the coming like, and going. Yeah. That's interesting. How, how can you, so if you just receive it, like, let's say someone just sends, if, if someone just sends something like that to your inbox, you are, you are guilty of a crime just for, yeah, but somebody sent it to you. So well, yeah, but, you I mean, it. what am I supposed to do if someone sends me this stuff? Obviously, I guess I'd report it to the police, but like, I don't have exactly. control over Yeah. But, but I wouldn't be charged in that situation. Would I No, but that's an instant thing. I actually yeah. have a little experience with this because so if you receive and don't and don't report, that's the crime. Yes, and it depends on how long you've had it as well. Like, like yeah. you can't be charged with certain things, but after you've accepted it, and then you know you have to download it from your email to your uh, ah. to your personal server or or your computer itself. Uh, but if you get it in the mail and you're like, "What the? Okay, I need to." alert somebody to this if you don't then you're part of the crime what if you have like several pc backups you, you charged for each backup <laughs> i don't know these are interesting things to think about i gotta get it square you know i gotta know one, all the details if you get it an email you check your email on your phone you check your email on your computer it's all the same thing yeah it's the same picture but ah. you, it's 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 still you've received it that's one hit you've looked at it a second hit and you sent it, those are three different charges, three different hits to the same yeah. thing. So I guess in the in the scheme, if you know if what you're describing is the way it works, in the scheme of pedophilia, this what Justin described might actually be pretty not that any of it's minor, but if you're talking about on a scale from like I don't know, let's say Sandusky is the far end. I don't know who's the small end. You would think this would be the 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 more minor end of the spectrum if it's three counts. Rob Lowe would be the small end of this. What did he do? He had a threesome with two 16-year-old girls when he was in his 20s okay. or something. Yeah, that's about like as borderline as it gets. Yeah. But that person's not a pedophile to me. I'm like, oh, you bang some hot 16-year-old? I can get over that. But like, if you're like jerking it to pictures of little kids, like you're dead to me and you should rot until you die in jail. <laughs> so, you know. We got to we got to describe what kind of pedophilia this is. I mean, would you call Rob Lowe a pedophile? I'd have to know more about the facts. That was it. He had a threesome with two 16-year-old girls. Uh, I mean, it depends on how much they were telling him. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. 16, not that young. In a lot of states that's the age of consent though. I don't think in any states it's the age of consent. I think it's 17 yeah, yeah. in Missouri and then it's 18 almost everywhere else. Oh, I think there are. Uh, uh, what state? 14. Kentucky? I'm going to look. 14 look in the up. hills of Tennessee. <laughs> age of consent in North America. They have them uh, adult front teeth. It, in Canada, it's 16. And in the United States, set their limits between 16 and 18. Um, you know, which 16 right here in Montana and right in your own state of Washington, Blonde. Oh, really? Yep. So if Rob Lowe did it in Seattle, he's in the clear. Same with here. But if he did it in, let's say, Idaho, North Dakota, Wisconsin, um, yeah, every state is between 16 and uh, 18, it looks like. And if you're in Canada, everything is cool with 16-year-olds. That's kind of surprising. I'm fine with that. I mean, do you remember being 16? You didn't feel like a little kid. We were, what, sophomores in high school? Yeah, we were, we were doing yeah, but, some bad stuff by then already. Yeah, well, I, speak for yourself. I was a good kid. <laughs> I was... 
I was just trying <laughs> to do bad stuff. I wasn't accomplishing yeah. much of anything. I mean, we were drinking. I think we were drinking at 16. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, bad kids. I don't want to go too far down that down that conversational rabbit hole but we'll we'll probably have to let you go there justin we'll get a couple yeah. more calls in before we finish up tonight but thank you for calling in and uh mm-hmm. i'm sorry about your neighbor and i'm sorry uh, yeah hopefully all that gets sorted but, out. um before i go like my dad kind of got a little conspiratorial like when he first got news of it like he like said it was like the democrats are like trying to pull something up <laughs> it was politicized like it was My Russian was like, hackers. They put it on. Yeah. They put the child porn on his computer. Yeah. Well, honestly, with the ch- three, the number three, that's that's something I can believe. Hmm. To to have something that few. I mean, if you have a disease like that in your head, once you break through the barrier, it, it's got to be just drowning that, in it. That is very weird. I mean, think about that. You're supposed to believe like. God, I love child porn, but specifically these three photos and only them, or maybe just one, depending on if you sent it or received it. Someone okay. please sample that, that yeah. quote from Matt right there. <laughs> God, I love child porn. You can get it on if you can't get it live because it's going to be private as soon as the stream's actually, over. But you can get it on SoundCloud, and iTunes, and all those places. You can send it to the FBI. It was actually uh, ten counts. Oh, ten counts. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that changes it a little bit. Better now he's a pervert. (laughs) Yeah. Now he's just a regular old perv. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, Justin. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. You want to do uh, two two calls and then we'll take the voicemails. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. We'll try to make them quick. Let's see. Uh, Mister. No. 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 My. I I don't even know how to say this name. My. Drine Marie's. I'm just going to stop there. I can't even pronounce it. Don't see that person in the waiting room anymore. Uh, Jack's in the waiting room. I think this is the same Jack. Jack, you're good to go Howdy. if you're if you're ready to go. You're, you're games for funds, right? Yeah, I changed, obviously, because the Sweet. new internet persona and all that. Right, right. What's on your mind, man? And by the way, uh, we were talking before. So Jack has started, or they're toying with the idea of having a, a the podcast within the podcast. Did we talk about that last oh, week? yeah, yeah. That's very cool. So, That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, a bunch of us started to get to them like, well, we have a lot of opinions and we like to talk about them a lot. And I can recall several Wednesday nights into Thursday mornings where we just talk for hours on end about these things. So I feel like a lot of us can be on like, well, we should do a podcast. And so we started doing that. Sweet. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, you might want to, we're going to, we're going to, by the way, the voicemail, I don't know if you heard us talking earlier, we got a a voicemail from another listener um, because we talked carrier last week with Jack and this other listener sent us the kind of pro Trump pro carrier rebuttal. So we'll get to that at the end. If you want to check that out, it'll be at the end of the show, Jack. I'm completely in favor of that. At any rate, I did want to bring something up though. Uh, where do you guys, I, I want to ask, where do you guys cross your lines with taxation and why so do that? Because hmm. I'm a libertarian, obviously, I have very strong opinions on taxation. Uh, not like your regular libertarian, though, but I do want to hear what you guys think because this might even create some disagreement. Well, I don't think the government's responsible for very much. I think almost everything could be privatized. And so 
just with that foundational belief, I don't really think that the government should require that much taxation from the citizenry. So I would cut things basically to zero, and I think the privatization would take care of everything else. I think even roads could be privatized. Okay? You want to... Yeah, well, you didn't have to pay those tolls when we were driving around Ohio to get to the Republican National Convention and all that crap. <laughs> By the way, I don't think I billed you for that either. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I told you. Take, put it on my tab. I don't, okay? I don't even remember what it was. I just remember those <laughs> annoying toll booths we had to go through. No, I, I will say this. Um, I, de I definitely am not a fan of getting in these debates where people say, like, you got to pay your fair share in taxes. Well, nobody knows what that means. Is 20% right. fair, 15% fair, 0% fair, 90% for the highest well, I mean, income bracket even, fair? And then you have to talk about graduate, if I may cut off a little, I'm sorry, but then you get to the whole graduated scale versus flat tax. People right. think, oh, people are paying the same dollar, but no, it's the same percentile of paycheck, which right. is how it should be. Well, that's what's annoying, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of people have a fundamental misunderstanding of how taxation currently works. When you say... Um, that when you talk about tax rates, well, everyone pays the same tax rates on the same brackets of income. So if you have a millionaire, his first $50,000 or whatever the threshold is, is going to be taxed the same as a regular person right. making $50,000. That, that's how that works. It's not like if you're a millionaire, your first $50,000 is taxed 90%. That's never been the, the way that it works. But um, I think the core of your question is more what is the role of government? Like, what are the what are the appropriate services to fund with tax dollars? I think that's more at the core of your question than like. And I don't know if you were trying to get it at a number or anything. And and over time, certainly my what I view as the appropriate role of government is definitely getting smaller than what I previously thought. And Specifically, that's though, what do you think the government is responsible for providing for the citizenry? Well, I think like things. If I may, back uh, back when I was heading to back home to Illinois for Thanksgiving, I downloaded the discussion between Sargon and that ANCAP uh, mm. for my phone because I have YouTube Red. And I was listening, and I'm like, well, Sargon, a lot of the stuff that this other guy's saying is completely hogwash. But then Sargon's discussing the term of positive rights and healthcare provision and you know Social Security. I'm looking at all these things, and I'm like, they're better handled at a private le level. And I know some people are going to be are going to not benefit from that but i'm not looking at trying to see making sure everyone's okay i'm trying to screw over the least amount of people yeah i'm inclined to agree with you yeah everybody I mean, forgets I... but sargon's a solid lefty oh oh we know i know like he is very much on the left for anything yeah. like social projects yeah he, he is you would think he's different because of, of his common sense rationalities but then so left. Yeah, I mean, I used to be, and and I don't know. I, I I wish I had a solid answer for you of like the government's role is uh, is defense and the X amount of healthcare and providing for infrastructure like roads and bridges and all these things. I wish I had a solid answer for you there, and I don't necessarily have that, but I, I definitely will say that I used to believe the government had this great big role in providing opportunity where the private sector doesn't, and I've come to realize that that's kind of bunk. It's not that, that there's no, it's not that the government can't ever, I mean, maybe in certain circumstances, but really, man, uh, I am becoming less and less persuaded that the government's job is to fill in good opportunity where the private sector hasn't been able to. I think ultimately we have a, a 
a society and a culture that needs to value personal initiative and hard work and taking advantage of the opportunity before you yeah. more than we need like, Hey, here's a sweet government job that you can have. Well, giving someone a, you know, a great government job that you can have still relies on you taking advantage of that opportunity. And I want to see a culture that's more serious about taking advantage of opportunity before we start thinking about how can we provide more opportunity? Right. Exactly. Well, we used to do that uh, when churches would provide welfare to people. Then it created this element of social shame. So everybody was trying to do their best. And then the people that couldn't be helped were genuinely a population of people that needed help to survive. Yeah. So they were separating do, some wheat from the chaff there. <clears throat> do you, I do uh, philanthropy. philanthropy is one of the greatest acts of, you know, genuine human kindness and something people should do. Yeah. And, and I, I think that funny. we do that. We do do that. And I think that uh, people that yeah. think that like our welfare programs mm -hmm. would just fall apart if the government wasn't taking care of them are really underestimating the uh, the role that rich people used to pay, used to play in philanthropy. And those people, mind you, either rich amongst them or rich among pain, uh, socialist policy kind of stuff like that, socialization. They are the most miserly when it comes to philanthropy. That's the funny part. Hmm. Do you have a uh, Do you have any firm stances on like? Uh, I guess if you could answer your own question, how would you answer it? Uh, well, I would preface it with the fact that I do – I look at the Declaration of Independence. It is one of the most overlooked pieces of you know, of documentation that the U.S. has, of anything we have. Uh, I think it puts together perfectly what a great civilization is founded. The first tenet, the most important, is life. The second tenet is liberty, and liberty must be upheld so long as it does not violate life. Ergo, you can't kill someone. That's not a freedom you have. The third is the pursuit of happiness. And the pursuit of happiness can be held so long as it does not violate liberty or life. The exception, of course, is if you willfully submit your liberties, that is you're doing it in a non-coercive action. Case in point, I can give up certain words and certain phrases, certain ways of speaking if I want. If my the place of where I want to work is like, no, you can't say these words. You can't say that. That's a willful, non-coercive way of giving them up. Now, moving on with this kind of thought process is you have to realize at what point do, do these things become part of the life and at what point do they hit liberty and pursuit of happiness there are some things that must be maintained publicly and i do believe that if you there are some things you must always fund emergency services and the military are a huge example maintenance of the state and national parks are all completely okay because they are required to keep life moving to make sure mm. that life i'm happens. glad you hit on national parks, national parks yeah uh, I, I should have hit on that too as somebody who very much enjoys uh not only national parks but the public lands in this part of the country yeah. i do i do think that stuff is very important and as much as i believe in the innovation and the ingenuity of, of private individuals and business Man, it is awesome that Yellowstone down the road is not full of roller coasters and full of water parks and full of, I mean, it has minimal hotels oh, yeah. and all that stuff. It is pristine, unbelievable wilderness, and I'm glad that we've protected it. And that's, that's an excellent uh, thing that I forgot to mention. Yeah, and those are some examples. Now, there are some things like healthcare where if you want to make a government, per, uh, you know, if you want to make a government subsidized <laughs> healthcare, we can, Gesundheit, we can discuss that. But oh, the man. fact of the matter is that it should not be something you are forced in. You can opt out of it. And it's kind of like the whole thing that if you want to have socialism, you can social level that is agreed upon by many people in a contract instead of at a government level. Hmm. Kind of akin to that. Mm. You, there are points where you can opt out of payment, but you cannot use those services. For, if you don't want to pay for the roads, well, good luck walking. You don't want to pay for public transportation? Walk, buddy. 
That's well, and that, where I kind of draw the line. As kind of people don't talk about it, but that would be a theoretical solution to a lot of the problems we face in the healthcare system too. I mean, that's the problem is we got a lot of people, young people especially, that don't necessarily want to pay into the system. And to your point, I don't, I can't say that it's wrong of them not want and not wanting to. If you're not going to take advantage of the service, not wanting to pay for the service yeah. makes sense. However, when you have an emergency, you go to the emergency room because you crashed your car, whatever you did. All of a sudden, you are taking advantage of the service at a very high cost. So, if you could craft a system. Where you opt into the healthcare, where you opt into the healthcare system, and you agree, if you opt out, sorry, but <laughs> just over, kind of can't this, have it. Yeah, there is an aspect of it though, is, and that's also that's kind of how that's kind of how healthcare is meant to be. But you have to consider this too: is that if you're going to have these systems, you cannot overspend. It must be as much as the system generates by year. Hmm. So if you guys run out of money, oh, you ran out of money. Too bad you had a bad. You had a bad year, you ran out, and guess what? The system doesn't happen because we need to sustain the nation, and incurring debt does not sustain the nation. That's but by the same thing, there are certain negative rights that we must uphold, you know, liberty and all that, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, such and such, are important <laughs> and must be, always be upheld so long as, you know, these things do not violate life. You can't, you can't kill an orphan to make a, an art statement for naturally. Hmm. But at that point, you might need psychiatric help. <laughs> or you might be Jason, uh, or what was his name? The earlier caller's neighbor. You might be that guy. We'll see. What and the it, hell, man? What was it? Was it? Was the guy's name Justin. Jason? Justin, that's right. Sorry, I'm confusing. Yeah, not Jay Fry's neighbor. Jay Fry's <laughs> neighbor would never do that. All right, Jack. Well, uh, thank you for the insight. Thanks for supporting the show. We appreciate it as mm-hmm. always. And I'm sure we'll hear from you soon, I hope. No problem. Have a great night, man. Hi. Thanks. You folks too. Later. All right. Let's take one more. And Jay Fry, I just, I sent you a DM'd you a link here on uh, discord. If you want to listen to the voicemail, it's coming up here. That's how I'll play it. If you want to listen in on that. Uh, Unstoppable. You get the last word tonight if you want it. Otherwise we can play this voicemail. Oh, Unstoppable might light up. Hmm. Okay. Well, Unstoppable, chime in after. Give us a minute here, and chime, we'll give you an opportunity to chime in at the end here if you can. You ready to listen to this voicemail? So this is from listener Braden, who had a rebuttal to Jack's criticism of the carrier deal last week. We we're talking about uh, really kind of rehashing Ben Shapiro's stance, basically, that the government doesn't have a role in picking winners and losers in the economy. And even if you like that certain jobs are staying in Indiana through Trump's carrier deal, you might not like that apparently the federal government is negotiating deals with private industry to manipulate uh, winners and losers in the economies. But Braden has a rebuttal to that. I, I told him, I said, if you can get it under a minute, that's great. And he, <laughs> he used every moment of his time. So it might be a little bit hurried, but uh, we do like to hear rebuttals. So let's hear what he had to say. With Trump curbing the integrity of our free market and the recent carrier trade deal, many pseudo-intellectual concern trolls can't bear to see past their projected negativity. Only the best businessmen promote win-wins. Trump had the option of leveling carrier's move by imposing tariffs from Mexico at the extreme level in order to keep America competitive without the luxury of cheap labor. It's important to note that tariffs can be placed on either specific countries or industries, but cannot discriminate singling out an individual company. Trump undoubtedly knows the plight of his citizens proven through his platform and his travel logs during the election season. Those who question his nationalism as being the source of his bigotry are pointing towards the negative effects of his protectionism stance. 
They are correct. Unchecked overuse of protectionism leads to falling levels of global competition, resulting in complacency of innovation and fails our free market capitalism. By Trump offering a 700000 for 10-year contract, free market elitists like many of us would react negatively. Not all of us can see the deferral of gratification here towards our anti-interventionalist opinions. He offers a short-term hit towards our internal competition, but simultaneously leaves tariffs at a reasonable level to support future competition from Mexico in our markets, without American companies exploiting their cheap labor. Trump always stated that he's for global trade as long as America benefits. He clearly shows his intent by weighing heavier the employment of his citizens in our currently failing social care system over the revenues collected by his government through tariffs, and this win-win for Mexico and America only strengthens their morale and promotes easier climate towards future deals like the wall. Not much stands in the way of Trump's goals, and if these win-win deals can be reported on fairly, Trump is sure to win the election in 2020. I thought and time. There we go. What he said. I wish uh, I was. Look, I wish I was more well versed on these carrier issues. One, the deal, as far as I know, a lot of the details are still not fully known. Um, and two, I'm not. If I'm going to try to pretend to have some like ultra expert nuanced opinion on this deal, I'm going to be bullshitting you. It's as simple as that. So, but I'm glad we have listeners of competing thought on this. So I'm glad we're able to share that. Did you have any additional carrier things you want to talk about? I'm not super well versed on it either. I made a mental note to like check into it last week when we talked about this and then promptly forgot about it. So. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Well, you did say on Twitter this week, marijuana is a key part of your process, your creative process. Yeah. yeah. All right. But he did leave us a question too at the end of it. And I think this might be something that's more uh, uh, in your wheelhouse. So he had a question about the housing crisis specifically. I would pose a question. Maybe I can get a response. I know that the past of both hosts were kind of indoctrinated Pardon. lefties until around Pardon. this election oh. season. And I got me through. To... Hold on, hold on. Uh, we'll get to you in just a just a moment. Unstoppable. Sorry. Know what they thought of of the housing market crash? We all pay our taxes, and we know that the government makes a lot of money on land taxes. So it would be impossible for them to put up the defense that the government didn't know what was happening during that housing collapse. Uh, if their numbers spiked up as much as they would have in 2008. And I had to cut it just a little bit for time, but you know. Well, he's, he's definitely right about that. Uh, Freddie and Fannie were the most advanced financial institutions probably in the world, and they were uh, deeply in cahoots with banks. So for them to act like they had no idea that underwriting standards were being violated left, right, and sideways is a, flat out just fucking lie just huge lie and all these settlements also it's just a shakedown of of the banks um yeah so this guy's absolutely right they definitely know sweet uh here's my i i don't know i, I i'm not an expert on these things uh the housing crisis included i've heard some takes on the housing crisis because a lot of people want to blame the big banks, you know, rightfully so, wrongfully so, or, you know, mm -hmm. lending to lending to people who obviously did not have the means to pay the loans that they were taking out. Right, right. And but they were heavily to, incentivized by Fannie and Freddie. The banks were. Right. But so the question, my question is, like, to what extent is the government responsible for getting the, the banks to do that? To what extent is the government responsible for getting the banks to lend to people who should not have been lent to to buy homes they can't afford? Um, well, they knew they knew that the banks weren't enforcing underwriting standards. So I think that they're they're wholly responsible for this. OK. Um, Clinton back in the 90s. Uh, warned of this. Yeah. Clinton uh, freed them up to to 
ha uh, need less proof of income and uh, accountability really towards the banks. And they just let loose and let everybody get uh, housing back in the, the late 90s. So fucking ridiculous. Like they didn't know it was going to happen. Oh, it's, it was the banks. It was the banks. Oh, and then God. they immediately bundled them up and sold them. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody understands mortgage-backed securities. By the way, they still do that. They still uh, they still sell CODs and then bundle all these subprime mortgages and sell them, I know, as an asset. They still do this shit. Hmm. They haven't learned anything. All right. Well, that uh, that was listener Braden. Uh, we appreciate that a lot. So remember, um, if you, like Braden, want to offer a thought or a question for the show, uh, it could be a question, a nice one like that. You could just leave us a message to talk shit if you want. Frankly, I'd like to see that too. You can do what he did, upload to YouTube, send us the link. You could do it on Listed Public, whatever you want. We'll gladly play it on the show. And we'll try to do this at the end of the show um, each week when we have them. I think that'll be a good uh, good way for people who can't make the show live to be able to chime in. So we appreciate it. Thank you, Braden. And, and Unstoppable, you get the last word tonight if you're good to go. I always love that. I wish I could get the last word every night. That's right. You you are our science man, right? I, I'm trying well, not to conflict. I tried to, to be, I, I, my purpose, uh, my goal in, in my, uh, in running things is I'm actually hoping to be a uh, modern day Renaissance man, which gotcha. is an incredibly hard task. <laughs> there you go. We need more of that. Yes, Didn't you get that, last word, last word last week too? Isn't that how I that worked out? I got last word the, the, during the, the super show and I, I wish every single but was time. It, oh, but you did call in last week as I, I not Last week. Yes. The week. Or maybe and I two weeks ago. Several, Can't remember. I, call, I tried to call in every week, but I never always get, I don't always get it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in such high demand. You know how it is around here. But anyway, um, what's on your mind? We'll have to. We'll probably have to be brief with this one because already over time. But... I'm starting to get worried with my party. I'm starting to get worried. All right, um, remind me your party. Are you a libertarian guy or are you? No, I am currently Republican. I'm, I'm ah, the rare okay. unicorn of a libertarian Repu uh, Republican, or not a libertarian Republican, a, a um, millennial Republican. Pardon. Well, there's more of you these days. You know, yeah. you'd be surprised. There's, there's, I think that most of us have been shy. I'm just the more uh, prideful, stubborn kind, and I never <laughs> never quieted down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> almost got me a few teeth knocked out a few times, but uh, I'm fine. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I gave, I'm giving Trump roughly. You'd get your days. teeth knocked out and then explain the physics behind it to the guy who punched <laughs> you. I think that's how it would go. Hardy hard. I actually have had my <laughs> tooth knocked out once. So that oh, happened. man. Uh, uh, all right. Okay, yeah, well, what's anyway. wrong with the Republican Party? Uh, mostly the fact that they're rehashing things from the 80s. I mean, the Democrats have been rehashing from the 60s, but they really need to modernize. This isn't new. We just stopped doing it. All, everyone just stopped discussing, okay, well, do our policies still work? Does everything we have still work? Let's try modernizing things. And no one ever does. Libertarians have the problem that they're not really serious as a party. Individually, yes, but as a party, they're not serious. Uh, and case the in point, their nominee, Demo right? Yeah. The, the Republicans <laughs> and Democrats, the, the Republicans and, and the Democrats are just not their their policies are, are old. They're just not They're not updating them. For example, the school system, the school system is supposed to get updated once every hundred years. We haven't upgraded our school system since the 1900s. We are supposed to upgrade them in the 2000s. I can tell you from our half uh, half baked idea on, on that system of common core, because I was in Indiana at the time, hmm. uh, from both, I can tell you from this perspective, from before common core, during common core, after common core, from private school, public school, from the perspective of the, the, the secondhand school from schools in Europe and in the US, I've been to all of them and online school. The common core method 
was the the worst. It was slightly subpar, so it wasn't that bad. But the whole method, the whole thing, is archaic. The whole system is just absolutely crippling, and no one's discussing that. And the Republicans don't have an idea on how to do it, and the Democrats don't have an idea on how to do it. And that's just one example. And Trump just seems to be, well, there's not enough information on him, but it doesn't seem that he's going to be updating that anytime soon. Well, um, there you go, Trump. Pick Mr. Unstoppable for everything czar, and he will fix it for you. <laughs> oh, dear God, I hope not. I, I'm not <laughs> going to be a politician. If you're trying to be, if you're, let's put it this way, if you're trying to be president, and you want presidency, you're already asking to do it for the wrong reasons. You, that's not a position well, you want. Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting point. I, I've heard it referenced before. People say, I, I'm just taking them at their word that this is true. But back in the day, man, that's how it worked. was like, hey, I want Mr. Unstoppable to be president, and I'm going to lobby on his behalf. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't this kind of thing we see now where everyone goes and campaigns on their own behalf across the country. That's kind of interesting. I do think a lot of those ideas of, of um, you know, like the citizen serving a poli- – you're not supposed to have a career politician. You're supposed to have a citizen who goes to Washington and returns. Maybe you shouldn't have a president who campaigns on his or her own behalf for two years and then becomes president. Maybe we should have people – advocating on behalf of other people some of those older traditions i I gathered the point of your call was we need to ditch some of the older traditions but some of the older traditions are also great and i'd kind of like to see a return to some of that but anyway we'll we'll probably have to close it there did you have uh anything uh, anything on these issues blonde any complaints with the gop uh same complaints yeah common core is garbage i I don't know what they're going to do though and i do have the same concern about trump like there are a lot of things that he needs to be dismantling that he hasn't really addressed or he's said that he's going to maintain the status quo, um, like Medicare, Social Security. But I guess he would have lost too much support if he would have took a stand against those. So, yeah. Honestly. If you were a Republican, you'd have called it Communist Corps. Oh, <laughs> stop it now. I'm a new wave Republican. I'm trying to be very civilized about things. Honestly. Honestly, no, no, no. The fellow Republicans, the problem isn't that they're that they're worse. The problem is that accretion has made them nasty. And I'm a newbie, so I'm not nasty yet. Well, what is it? What is refreshing too? And I know you're a younger guy, unstoppable. Uh, we've mentioned, I've mentioned it on the show before. The youth in the Republican Party in D.C. Uh, in terms of the congressional makeup now, the average uh, Republican lawmaker is something like 40 or 45 and the average Democratic lawmaker oh, yeah. is something like 70 or 75. Oh, I mean, it's not, it, somehow this has flipped. So, you know, definitely don't think that there isn't youth and and new ideas and fresh blood on, on that side. It, it, you think it was the used to be the other way around in kind of the Obama age, but that's not the case anymore. So I think there's reason for optimism. I don't think it's too yeah. entrenched in all the. We we think of the Republican Party as the party of old shriveled white guys, and maybe to some extent that's true, but we're definitely seeing a changing of the guard, and I think it's safe to predict some new ideas and some shaking up will come in. I think Trump is the king shaker, to be honest. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, I think my generation's mostly either closeted about being Republicans, or because they're intimidated, part of them, or or they're not being talked to in the fashion that would actually make sense. Like there are certain things that I've rephrased from what a traditional hardcore, like OG Republican would say, and it would hold the spirit. It would hold everything to it. It would just be phrased differently. And all of a sudden, you know, like that, a colleague would be like, oh, this makes sense to me. I like this idea. So there's also that. Awesome. All right. Well, we will close it there. 
You get last word. Hopefully the first last word of many for Mr. <laughs> Unstoppable. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Yes, then. Good day, then. Bye. Have a great night. And uh, Mr. J. Fry, thanks for enduring with us and chiming in with your unrivaled sarcasm and occasional compliments. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What did you say on Twitter? I invited you to come on. You said something like, <laughs> you, you give the line. I, I'll mess it up. One day I will have something better to do, but uh, as of right now, I don't. So sure. <laughs> well you're welcome to come back on anytime that is the case which if i believe you is the foreseeable future so uh hopefully this will be a thing anyway i'm gonna just i'm gonna end this because i can't believe we pulled this together given the chaos that ensued tonight so um remember sign up sheets in the description you want to get some free christmas you might be a christmas winner you might get your choice of a free t-shirt or mug sign up for that uh we'll be back on sunday night with the regular show i think it's just going to be uh, blonde and i this week since we haven't done that for a while we'll break down a lot of the crazy talk that happened this week i got a lot of good cringy clips for you on sunday right. that i think you'll enjoy if you want to listen back to the show itunes soundcloud podbean stitcher it's always up on the audio platforms right when we're done we'll be back on sunday we'll see you then <laughs>